0: Greetings this morning uh, to each and every one of you in the name of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, <clears throat> the one who has bought us, sought us, offered us salvation as a free gift, that we may have life, and life more abundantly in Him. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to talk a little bit, share a little bit about on Moses today. Um, Starting in Exodus, but i was going to ask a couple of the questions first a little bit. Um, What do you what do you know? What do you know? Or what do you remember about Moses? Who, what, when, where? Um, What's something that stood out has stood out to you in the story of Moses, I guess. Give me a fact about Moses, Aaron. You spent 40 years away from home. Um, about you, Ada, give me a fact about Moses. Okay. He was obedient to God even though he felt not that he did not feel um, up to the task. Um, that's a little bit what we're going to talk about today. Uh, how he did not feel up to the task. Truman, give me a fact. There's a lot more things about Moses than all this. The main thing that I think about is that he did obey God. And everything. And everything. Mm-hmm. Did he ever make any excuses? I think a few times. Do we ever make excuses? Yes. Yes, we do. So that's my topic today. The excuses of Moses is a little bit. Why did he make excuses and how does that relate to us? And we're also good at it. Um, Just to bring home the point, um, even in all the excuses he give, none of them was actually accurate except to the point, and then I find myself in this very same shoes too, we also Um, what is the number one reason that we make excuses? And I think it was Moses' too. So I'm giving the point away from the end, but at the very beginning. Why do you make excuses? Why... ourselves okay how about we just don't want to do it how about that we just don't want to do it yeah just don't want to I just Moses just didn't want to go I don't think that's what it tells us he just didn't want to do it go mow the yard Ran out of fuel, motor don't start, this don't that, whatever it may be. I'm just using, I'm just making things up, okay. But probably, I just didn't want to do it. You know, nine times out of ten, I'd say that's probably, that's probably what's happening to us, what's in us. And then we can, if we can recognize that, I think maybe we can make less excuses in our life. Sometimes when somebody, when we're asked to do something or go someplace or whatever it may be. Um, you know, and so <clears throat> in the beginning, you know, thinking about Moses a little bit, um, just bringing us up to speed, I was thinking about somebody say, well, he was, a, Hadassah, what do you know about Moses? What do you remember about him? The story of Moses? Do you know Audrey? You don't know anything? Moses built a boat? Noah built a boat. But where was Moses when he was a little baby? Grew up, very, very good, very good, Audrey. Thank you. That's right, and that's where we find ourselves at the beginning of Exodus and the very, you know, the very first chapters. Here was, um, here was God's people, you know, ch- the children, and Pharaoh um, saw them multiplying and becoming more than they were, and he put tasks to them like crazy. And not only that, but um, let's just uh, <clears throat> let's just open up and... If you want to turn to Genesis chapter 50 um, and the first books of, first book of Exodus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a few things here, I guess. <clears throat> um, one thing I noticed, I know we had this, and this is off the subject, I guess, whatever, but we noticed that we had a question here a while back of something when we was talking about somebody that had died in Maine or whatever and about the embalming thing. And I noticed here on chapter 50 of, of Genesis, On verse 26, the very last chapter, very last verse, it says, So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. I just, I don't know, that just stood out to me. I was reading back, I was like, Joseph himself was embalmed and put in a casket, you know, and it's just interesting. But, anyways, Joseph had died, and his brethren of that generation, and uh, the children of Israel were fruitful, they increased, they multiplied, they were abundant. In verse 7 says, they, says this, in verse, Exodus chapter 1, verse 7, and they waxed, it says, they waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. There was a new king that came over Egypt at that time. He did not know of Joseph. He did not know if, you know, it's like he didn't remember him. And he looked at them them people and he said, they are more and they are mightier than we. So what, what are we going to do here? Let's, let's deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and they come to pass that when there are far... Falleth out any a war that they would join with their enemies and fight against us, and so get them up and out of this land, and so they had taskmasters set up, they afflicted them. The more they multiplied, the more they were, and the more they put bondage upon them, and they even went so far that the king he went to the Hebrew midwives in verse fifteen and sixteen, and he told them, uh, um, their names was Shiphrah and Puah. And he said, when you uh, do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women and you see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. Um, Here's an interesting thing, too. But these midwives, it said in verse 17, they feared God. And they did not, they did not, as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they saved the men children alive. Um, Listen to their excuse. You know, I think it was actually an excuse. Maybe, maybe not. It was an act of God. But... and 18 he called them and he said why have you done this thing and why have you saved these men children alive he wanted them all put to death and the midwives says that the hebrew women are not like the egyptians they're lively and the the child was delivered before they even came there that's what they told them you know therefore god dealt with the midwives and the people multiplied and waxed very mightily so it came to pass then he made the decree in verse 22 there pharaoh charged all his people saying every son that is born You shall cast into the river and every daughter you shall save alive. And here's where the story what Adriana shared with us, that he was put in a basket. There was a man in the house of Levi, took a daughter of the wife of Levi. They conceived, they bare a son. They saw that he was a godly child and said she hid him for three months. And when she could no longer conceal him, that they was not able to. And knowing that he was going to be put thrown into the river, She made a basket and and made it waterproof and laid uh, a three-month-old child in this basket and put him out in the river. And Pharaoh's daughter came down there, as we know the story, to wash herself. She saw that. She looked. She heard the the cry. It was a child. She had compassion on him, it says. And uh, um, his mom's sister was there. Um, Pharaoh's mom's sister was there and saw that. And just ask if, if she could go get someone to nurse that child. And he would grow up in the household of Pharaoh. <clears throat> the story speeds ahead. One day he was out in the field and he saw these two Egyptians. Um, well, one of the Egyptians was smiting a Hebrew. And Moses took it with his own hands and he killed the man. Now here he is. You know, he, he took a life. Um, even though his life was, you know, was threatened from the very beginning. But he lived, but he took, a, he took this, this Egyptian's life, um, buried in the sand. The next day he found two of the Hebrews fighting, it says. And uh, he told them that they should not do that. They should not fight among themselves. And then was, he, was, he was accused. What are you going to do? Are you going to kill me like you did the Egyptian? And then Moses knew that the word was out and that Pharaoh sought after his life for killing that Egyptian. And he fled into the wilderness in the land of Midian. And there he found a priest, there was a priest there that was drawing water, and the daughters were drawing water from a well. And there again, he defended those, um, those women. He defended that, that uh, because the shepherds came to drive them away. And he pulled water out of that well, gave them water. And when they went home and told their father, um, they said, where is this man? Who is he? And then Moses had got Zipporah, one of the daughters of that Midian um, priest, as a wife. Um, and he stayed there and he served them. And here's where it came in that he was there for like, you know, he was there for like 40 years. Okay, so now in chapter 3, <clears throat> let's all stand. We'll read chapter 3. We are, we are met, Moses has been there for a long time. And <clears throat> yeah, no, maybe as we go through here, we can, we can hear some of the excuses that Moses made. <clears throat> So now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back side of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, even unto Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire, out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he, that he had turned aside to see to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from, thy, from off thy feet, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large and a large into a land flowing with milk and honey unto a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I also seen the Prussian where wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore. And I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? Who am I? That I should go unto Pharaoh, that I should go and bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, Certainly I will be with thee. Remember the promises that God hath given us. And we'll maybe share a few more of them. Remember how God said that I will never leave thee or forsake thee. I will be with thee all the days of thy life. He he said this unto Moses, and he still says that unto us today. And then he said, And this shall be a token unto thee, that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I am come unto the children of Israel, and and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou shalt, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. So here's the the phrase The God, our God is the great I am. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thou shalt, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The God, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you, and I have seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the afflictions of Egypt and unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites, and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the land flowing with milk and honey. And they shall hearken to thy voice, and thou shalt come, and thou shalt come thou and the elders of Israel unto the king of Egypt, And you shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us, now let us go. We beseech thee three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not by a mighty hand. And I will stretch out my hand, and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that he will let you go, and I will give this people favor. And the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house. Jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And you shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters. And you shall spoil the Egyptians. We're going to read on. Um, You can be seated. I'm going to read some more in chapter four here. And here again, then Moses answered and said, but behold, They will not believe me, he says, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say the Lord has not appeared unto thee. You know, the doubts and fears and unbelief here. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And they cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers and the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said further, furthermore unto him, put now thine hand in thy, into thy bosom. And he put his hand into, the, into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into thy, his bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe, thee neither hearken unto thee the voice of the first sign that they will believe that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice that thou shalt take of the water of the river and pour it upon the dry land. And the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. <clears throat> and then here comes Moses again. Now remember... Moses didn't, did not want to go, and Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither he, heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech, and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have, I not, have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And it says the anger of the Lord. God was upset at Moses at this point against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you what you shall do. Uh, And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let Me, go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren, which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. And the Lord said unto Moses in Midian, Go, return unto Egypt, for all the men are dead, which sought thy life. And Moses took his wife and his sons, and set them upon an ass. And he returned to the land of Egypt, and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, See that thou do all the wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand. And I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord of Israel, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. And it came to pass, by the way in the the end, that the Lord met him, and sought to kill him. And Zipporah took a sharp stone, and cut off the foreskin of her son, and cast it at his feet, and said, Surely a bloody husband art thou to me. So he let him go, even she let him go. Then she said, A bloody husband thou art because of the circumcision. And the Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. And he went and met him in the mount of, of God, and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord, who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked down upon their affliction when they bowed their heads and they worshipped. I'll stop with that. We can, a few other points in that we bring out in the next couple of chapters, chapters. <throat> so, you know, God appeared there. No one said anything you know, about the burning bush in the first instance that we have. And it says He turned aside. And, he, he, you know, there's something that was just continually being there and was not consumed, you know. And finally, Moses paid heed to it. And it was what God wanted him, so he could talk, so he could share with him, that he could tell him what he wanted him to do. <clears throat> Um so we have uh, the excuses of of Moses and how God responded to them um, that 's the, that's kind of the, the thing that we want to share here a little bit <clears throat> and we are we are much like Moses in this in this way um, and let 's look at it in what God wants his people to do. Um, and I think the, the number one thing that he wants us to do is to be a light, share the gospel, share the good news, and uh, be a witness or a testimony and that other people may also know and see that God is still on the throne and God is still in control. And we know the end results of here. He did show this to Pharaoh. You know, he, he told Pharaoh that Israel is his first son and that if he wouldn't let him go to, so that they was able to worship him, then it was going to cost him his son. But it cost him his entire army. It cost him way more than even just his first son. Um, But, um, you know, he was to go to deliver them from a physical bondage that they was under. Um, But we are also required or asked to to share the good news so that people can be delivered from the bondage of sin and despair. Mark 16 verse 15 says simply like this. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. <clears throat> First Peter 2, verse 9 and 10. He tells us this. And we can underline a couple of these things. He's telling us. And he, he told them. He's talking, he's talking about Israel. But he's also talking to us today. In verse 9 he says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show. Forth the praises of him who called, who call, who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which are not, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We have all obtained mercy. You know, so we are chosen. We are royal. We are holy. We are peculiar. Why? Why? Why are God's people that way? Well, so that we may show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness into marvelous light. That's why. Um, and at one time, we were not his people. But because we have obtained mercy, we are his people. We are a child of God. <clears throat> if we, you know, and we shared some of the story of Moses. You know, um, He was born and then he was brought up. You know, he was brought up for 40 years in, that, in the house of Pharaoh. He was brought up among uh, royalty, you could say. He was, and now all of a sudden he finds himself as a lowly shepherd. He's out there in the desert. He's in the land of Midian. How old was he now? How old was he when he turned aside to look at the burning bush? In his 80s. He was now in his 80s. You know, um, he was already past the, in today's sense, the average lifespan of, of anyone, you know. He was in his 80s, so I guess he would have, surely he would have had a right to make excuses. Not me, Lord. I can't talk. I can't go. I can't speak. These people won't believe me. Send somebody else, you know. He was already past, you know, that at that age. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> but he tells us in verse 3, you know, In chapter, um, verse 12, I mean, in chapter 3, uh, God's response to him simply was: You know, in 11, he said, Moses said to God, Who am I? How can I go? Who am I? Um, But he said, in verse 12, he said, And he said, He said, Certainly I will be with you. (laughs) And he was giving him a sign and a token that I have sent thee. You know, he, sometimes we forget that. I think sometimes we forget that God has told us, I will be with you. He says, certainly I will be with you. God promised to be with Moses. God knew that Moses was not sufficient of his own self. You know, sometimes I think that we, we it's okay that we acknowledge that I don't know how I'm going to do this, that we are insufficient. I think that was Ada's answer, why we sometimes, you know, feel that way. But we have to remember that God is able to make us sufficient. God is able to strengthen us. Um, <clears throat> I'll be with you. You know, um, I forgot to look this one up. But um, and Paul says in his letter there to the Romans in, in chapter 8, verse 31, he said, But if God is for us, who can be against us? Who, who, who can withstand against God's people, if God is for us. <clears throat> God promised, you know, promised Moses that he wouldn't be alone. He promised him um, evidence of that. <clears throat> we we do that too sometimes, I think. And I think maybe we do it, you know, in good faith in, in regards to, like, well, I don't think I can do this, you know, we're insufficient for the task. But it's true, we can't of our own cord. But in a, some more verses here, Second um, Corinthians. Find this you know the God told us that the great his grace is sufficient for us right he told paul my grace is sufficient for thee <clears throat> in romans uh <clears throat> In Luke 10, verse 19, you know, it's just the verses from the New Testament scriptures. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall be in any means hurt you. He told them, he told that to his apostles at that time. Um, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. And uh, Philippians four verse thirteen, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. <clears throat> so we we have this grace that um, that we go turn to Acts verse uh, chapter four. Um, look what He did here with the Apostles, you know, uh, Jesus did for them. And starting in Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4 verse 12, um, just says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And now when, um, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, could, they could say nothing against it. You know, it's like, like, how did these people have strength to do and to say and to stand up against this? And then the evidence, like the rod turning to a snake and a water to blood and those things, they could, this, this evidence, this man was healed. He was standing right in front of their eyes. You know, um, they could say nothing against it. So he provided them strength and encouragement, even though they were considered to be uneducated, um, unlearned, untrained, um, but God was able to do that. <clears throat> so, you know, maybe sometimes you think, I don't know how. I can't. I don't have enough education. Um, I don't have the training. And yet, I think, Um, there would be a way um, in asking God to help us and to strengthen us and encourage us um, in those areas. Um, God provided the same assurance, He provides the same assurance to us as He did to Moses, as He did to the apostles back then. In Philippians 4 verse 13, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Matthew 28 verse 20, he simply taught, he says that we should teach them to observe all things what, whomsoever I have commanded of you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. <clears throat> so the first excuse there, you know, who am I, Moses says. And the next one he says, um, um, what shall I say? You know, what, what, am, I supposed to, what am I supposed to tell them? And in Exodus 3 verse 14, God told him that this is what you should say. This is what you should tell them, that I am that I am. That is my name and that I am is the one that has sent you, has sent me unto you. Um. <clears throat> so God gave him words to speak. He told him exactly what to say. Um. And again, Moses is still not—you know—he's still not willing to go. <clears throat> he, he still thinks that he's—he's he's slow of speech. Um, he's slow of 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 doing this. Remember, he's eighty-some years old, um, but he's still—I don't think that he's wanting to go. It's the bottom line. <clears throat> so again, the message I think that he wanted to tell his people was, I was going, I'm going to deliver you from that physical bondage. The message that he tells us today is, I want to deliver you from the bondage of sin. From the bondage of... of... Because Mark 16, 15, if we just repeat that, um, Jesus told them, told them, the apostles said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. <laughs> And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Um, 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, first couple of verses here. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I have also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. <clears throat> And Paul's saying here in verse 9, you know, For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Sometimes we feel that, you know, um, our past or our things do not make us worthy of anything. But by the grace of God, he says in verse 10, I am what I am. And this grace, and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, you know, it's not of ourself, not of his own strength, but the grace of God which was with me." So he, he went on to tell them there, you know, that if Christ is not risen, then their faith is in vain. That they should believe in the resurrected um, Christ um, because he did, he did raise and he was seen by 500 people, um, over 500 brethren at one time um, as, as evidence that Christ is risen. But again, just Paul is sharing his insufficiency, but also acknowledging that it's the grace of God that is within him and not himself. <clears throat> and I think we would do well also to acknowledge that we are who we are by the grace of God. Um, <clears throat> then he goes on, you know, and Moses' next one says, well, he told him what to say. He told him who, what his name is. And then he says, but what if, in verse uh, chapter 4, verse 2, he says, but behold, they will not believe me. You know, what if they don't believe him? <clears throat> in verse 5, he simply tells them that they may believe, this is back in Exodus chapter 4, that the, that the Lord God of their father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared unto thee. He told them that. <clears throat> and then he gave them the example of the rod and, as something that would be... Um, And his own hand turned to leprosy and the water turned to blood in Exodus chapter 9. Um, We may also sometimes fear to share the gospel or just to be a lie of the gospel um, because we think, well, they're not going to believe us anyways. Um, How are we going to give evidence that's necessary? But Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says that that this, um, you know, that The word of God does not return vain unto him, but also says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. In John chapter 20, verse 30-31, it says, And many other signs truly did Jesus do in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, the, the, the miracles and the things that we have, it says that these are written that you might believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, you might have life through him, through his name. <clears throat> so just you know, thinking about that, um, that we can be a light or a testimony. Do we believe that? Is that part of our life that, that others may also believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God? <clears throat> and sharing about the resurrected Christ you know, he is not dead, he is alive. <clears throat> Moses claimed to not be uh, an eloquent speaker. He then went on to say, I'm not eloquent, in verse 10. He said, I'm slow of speech, I'm slow of tongue. Um, and what did God ask of him? Um, what did he say? What did he promise Moses? He said, who made your tongue? You know, uh, today we learned said we should have the mind of Christ. Who Do we invite, do we ask God to be within us, in in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls? Um, Who made the dumb? Who made the deaf? Who made the seeing? Who made the blind? Did not I the Lord? Um, He says, now therefore go. He said, I will be thy mouth. I will teach thee what thou shalt say. Moses was was encouraged and instructed not to worry about what he was going to say. Because God was going to tell him exactly What, his, what it needs to be, um, and then he even arranged even in even in all that he had Aaron already in motion, traveling towards Moses to be a helper for him, you know, to be his mouthpiece. But Moses was supposed to be, you know, what God told Moses, Moses would tell Aaron, and Aaron would tell the people <clears throat> as a mouthpiece. He was sent to arrive there um, about at the same time. <clears throat> Um, this so, if we look at 1 Corinthians 2, <clears throat> this is Paul, Paul again, just making comparison in the New Testament, and Paul says this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the first couple of verses here, it says, "...and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech, or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God." For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. You know, he was Moses or Paul was, um, he didn't know how that was all going to be taken, how it would all go down. It says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. And this is the reason why, so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. <clears throat> so it didn't, it didn't keep Paul from sharing. It didn't keep Paul from speaking out, even though he stood in fear and trembling, it says. Um, <clears throat> if we read on a little bit in verse 9 there, but as it is written, he says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither, neither, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, ye the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. <clears throat> and he simply tells us now, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. Acts chapter 10. Here's an example of maybe that we are not able to um, be eloquent or um, have speech impediments or something like that. Um, Not all of us are, you know, in the different capacities that we're called, I guess. But here we see the example of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, verse 24, I think. Um, When, uh, you know, Peter had this vision, And he was told to go to this house, and Cornelius was there. Um, Just look at uh, 21, I guess. And Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius, and saith, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius, the sanitarian, a just man, and one that feareth God, and of good report among all the nation of Jews, was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Then called he them in and lodged them, and on the morrow Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius awaited for them, and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. And Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, You know now, you know how, that it is unlawful thing, for that a man that is a Jew, to keep company, or to come unto another nation, but God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, as soon as I was sent for. I asked therefore, of what intent have you sent for me? Why did you, know, why did you want me here? And then Cornelius said, he told him the story how he was fasting for four days and prayed, And a man stood for him in bright clothing, and Cornelius' prayer was heard, thy alms were remembered, he sent unto Joppa. And then I jump down to verse thirty three. And immediately therefore I sent unto thee, Thou hast well done that thou art come. Now therefore are we all here, present before God, to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. So here's an example of Cornelius, you know, opening up his house and inviting people to come. Look, someone's coming, Peter's coming. He's going to share the word of God. He's going to share us the good news. Um, Let's go come and listen. You know, maybe we can, you know, maybe that's a way we can get people to hear the word of God. Take them with us someplace where someone else, maybe it's not us that needs to, that is able to do the sharing, but we can, they can go, they can go hear someone, you know, be part of it. Um, Make, make arrangements for them. Um. Read the Word of God with them. Let the Word of God have its course, free course in their lives. Um, so um, even, even at the end there, you know when after Moses said that um, about, I'm, slow, I'm not eloquent, I'm slow to speak, and uh, he finally just said, "Let's um, that you may send anybody else that you can. And then he told them God told Moses that he had Aaron coming. And uh, he was going to be there. But let's look at uh, look at verses, uh, in chapter 4, look at verse 15 again here. And uh, just pay attention to the word of shout or shall. And think about our inadequacy and our trust and our faith that we have in our God and the fears and doubts and unbelief that we may encounter of why we would or wouldn't make excuses to share the gospel or not share the gospel or to share with someone. I think this is true for us today again. So verse 15, it says, this is God talking and he said, and thou shalt speak. He's going to tell him what thou shalt speak and put words in his mouth. Um, He was supposed to tell Aaron this, I guess. And I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto thy people. And he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth. And thou shalt be to him instead of, a, of God. And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. So there's a bunch of, of you know, the promises and you could say the, the, <clears throat> the positiveness of what God said that he shall do and shall be. Um, was given unto Moses and I think the same is is, you know do we appreciate um, the word shall what God will do for us what God shall do for us and can do for us and will do for us so many times just to we know the rest of the story Um, just continue we know that that did come to pass Moses uh, he answered that call he went to Egypt. He delivered the children out of, the, out of that Egyptian bondage. Um, of course they spent 40 years in the wilderness then because of their doubts and fears and unbelief. Many of them couldn't enter into the Promised Land. Um, uh, Moses himself felt failed that test in, in some way and yet um, he was obedient. And I think that's the, the key to our Sunday school lesson this morning, I think, you know, in one of the questions. I think it's willingness and obedience to Hear the call of the Lord upon our life and stop making excuses. And if we apply that to our, sometimes in our everyday life, I think it would also benefit us greatly if we really don't want to do something, maybe we should just say, I don't want to do that. Would that be easier? Would that be more, you know, would be better? No, I don't want to do that. Maybe that would be easier. But we are prone to all of us Myself included, if there's something I really don't, really don't want to do, I will make an excuse of some kind. And it's just, it's just a smokescreen for what I really don't want to do. <clears throat> but we know, in this lesson, I want to leave you with, you know, is that one thing we all know God has called us to be a representative of Him, um, to be a representative of Christ. And let's not make excuses for that. <clears throat> Um, and with God's help throughout Moses' life, we've all experienced God's help in our life. Um, let us press on toward that mark of the high calling of of Christ in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Let's be encouraged. Let's uh, be strengthened, and forget about the excuses that we can come up with. So I'll be open for sharing her testimony. Um, anything in, in your lives that you want to share in this light in this matter.